Praise you, Lord, I praise you. Oh, I praise you. Yes, I praise you. How I praise you, my precious Lord. I love you, Lord, I love you. Oh, I love you. Yes, I love you, Lord, I love you, my lovely Lord. You are worthy, Lord, you're worthy. So you're worthy, so worthy. Oh, you're worthy, most holy Lord. Oh, the heavens and affliction that we go through is a promotion when we lead a righteous life before God so once again many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivers him out of them all in this chapter what happened to him he faced he was faced with death again and the Lord delivered him and then he got a promotion the very next chapter chapter 3 now his friends are faced with death again you're going to see verse 1 to 30 if we can read this is a very important chapter, so I chose the entire chapter that we should read and see the importance of God's work in the lives of righteous people. Verse 1 on, we're going to read, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its width 6 cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Now it is like this, like all of a sudden we get a law. In the United States oh this is the person that you have to worship like they have like in North Korea this is the person you have to worship what's going to happen to us all of a sudden that was the case with Daniel's friends they were living peaceably after chapter 2 in chapter 3 all of a sudden they're saying now okay we have this huge statue and you have to bow down in verse 2, And King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather together the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Now they have an inauguration ceremony for that idol. So the satraps, verse 3, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered together for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried out, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, psaltery, and in symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image of the king that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up so they're saying that when all these instruments when they play the horn the flute the psaltery all these instruments and they all play that in symphony that means when they all play together in harmony they're saying that that's the time when you all fall down and you worship the image that the king has set up and whosoever 
does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of burning fiery furnace. So now they are faced with a choice. Whether they have to take a stand or whether they need to bow down. And we're going to see what they did. So at that time, verse 7, when all the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, harp, and lyre, and symphony, with all kinds of music, all the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And so what they're saying here is, basically everybody worshipped that image. In our situation where we are, at our job, in our school, in our town, in our city, wherever we are, if 99.9% .9 of the people do things that are contrary to the voice of God, contrary to the commands of God, are we willing to be that one person? Are we willing to be the one person even to say, I will not bow down to the image of Baal. I will not bow down to the image of Nebuchadnezzar. I will take a stand for the Lord. And we see verse 8, Therefore at that time certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, in symphony, with all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever shall not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship, or worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Verse 14, Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you are ready at the time you hear it, he's giving them one more chance. Now, it's a scary thing. Now, they, they are actually brought before the king. And, they're saying, and the king is saying, look, I'm giving you one more chance. We're going to play all these musical instruments. And you better bow down. If you don't, you're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. Now, if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made. Good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Look at the boldness they have. This is a righteous person's speech. He was not afraid of the king, but he was afraid of the king of kings. They were afraid of the king of kings. The king of kings was about Nebuchadnezzar. And they're saying, like, I don't have to answer you. If, verse 17, if that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not... Let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed to words 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore, he spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Now we have to remember that these were the very people who were promoted by the king. In chapter 2, they were the very people who were promoted by the king. Daniel went and, remember Daniel went and told the king, you know, promote my friends too because they prayed. And this king knew. But now, the very same people who had favor with the king, they're facing him as an enemy. The same thing can happen to us in our job, in our home, in our city, wherever we are. At one season, we might enjoy their favor. The next season, they might become our enemies. They may be working to get, get rid of us from our jobs. They may be working to push us down. They may be working to spoil our reputation. They may be working to take our money away. But these men's eyes were not on the king. The eyes were on the Lord. They said, even if God does not deliver us, we will still be faithful to the Lord. And we're going to see, this is the third time this group is facing death in three chapters. Within three chapters, we're seeing that. And what did the Lord do? Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. And we see in verse 21, Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Now these men were like the most um, wise, influential people in that kingdom. It's a loss for the king. But the anger of the king is so great toward these people, he doesn't care. He's going to throw them. And therefore, because the king, verse 22, king's command was urgent, and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell, fell down bound in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. So what's happening? This itself is a miracle. Because the people who took them, they got burned. But these people fall bound into the furnace. If they, fall, if they are fallen bound into the furnace, that means their rope, everything is tied. Nothing got burnt. Whereas the men who went near it, they got burned. That itself is a miracle, you know, number one. And then we see verse 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Now we don't know what his opinion was about Son of God, but one thing we know was he had a revelation at that time. Because there's no way like, for him to know about the Son of God. But he had a revelation. Not only did he see those people alive and not burned, but he was able to see the Son of God with them. So that is an amazing, glorious thing. When you go through fire, God says, I will be with you. When you go through water, God is with you. When you go through every affliction that God allows, he is with us. He was with Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. 
and He is with us. He will be with us. And that is a very glorious experience to have the Son of God with us when we are in fire, when we are going through fire, and when we are in the furnace. Because the heat will not come near us. The flames will not touch us. We see verse 26. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire. And the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not signed, nor were their garments affected. The smell of fire was not on them. So this is another miracle. One miracle is they fell bound. The second miracle is now they're walking. The third miracle they're seeing is the Son of God is walking with them. Fourth miracle is nothing was on them. No, not even the smell of the smoke was on them. Now the king is like troubled. He's thinking, what's happening? Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap because there is no other god who can deliver like this. Now God is being glorified in the situation. God was being glorified in chapter 2. God was glorified in chapter 1. So every time we take a stand for the Lord, not only God delivers us from affliction, God, God is glorified through us. And so over here we see God is glorified. And then we see the same thing again. There's a promotion. Then the king promoted, verse 30, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. So we see how many times people faced death, threats, and how God actually delivered them from death. Even though they were in the midst of the fire, God took them out and God promoted them. We have to ask ourselves the question, how am I before the Lord? When I'm faced with a very difficult situation, I may not be faced with a fiery furnace, but something smaller than that, but it may be big at the present time. How do we react to that? Even if everybody will bow down to the golden image, what will we do? Even if everybody around us will talk about that movie, which is filthy, what are we going to do? Will we take a stand for the Lord in that circumstance? Everybody at the, in the lunchroom will be talking about some gossip, some magazine, which we know is an idol and it's displeasing to the Lord. What do we do in that circumstance? Are we taking a stand for the Lord? Those are all small afflictions. Those are not big afflictions, but those are small afflictions where we will have to take a stand for the Lord. But if we are righteous before the Lord and take a stand for the Lord, the Lord will not only deliver us, He will exalt us. So we're going to see one more from Daniel. Book of Daniel chapter 6. We're going to read what happened to Daniel. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom. Now this is chapter 6 verse 1 onwards. And there's another king, Darius, 
it's not in the book and it's over here, it's Darius, and he is actually selecting three governors, verse 2, and out of them, Daniel was one of them. And, and over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one of that, one, and that the satraps might give account to them, so that the king would suffer no loss. That means he was one of the king's closest reliable men, where the king had so much confidence. And in verse 3, then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him. The king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Now we know where this excellent spirit came from. This excellent spirit came from chapter 1, where he took a stand not to defile himself with the king's food. And God gave him an excellent spirit. And so this king is not Nebuchadnezzar. This is a new king. But he was able to identify that excellent spirit that was in Daniel. So when we follow the Lord faithfully, even people whom we do not know, people who do not know the Lord, will see a different spirit. The spirit of God that is in us, they will know this person is different. This person can do what the other person cannot do. They have the wisdom of God. Even though they might hate us a lot of times, when they need help, they'll come to us because they know we can do that. Because of the spirit of God who is living in us. So we see... Verse 4, so the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could not find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. There we see his righteous life again, how Daniel, he maintained his righteous walk before the Lord, even though he was promoted, he was faced with death, he showed his integrity before the Lord, and he continued, he's he is actually one among the three governors, but he never mingled himself with the Babylonians, and he never lost his integrity before the Lord. Even over here it says, they were not able to find any fault nor charge against Daniel. Then these men, verse 5, said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So they're coming to the point where they say, he cannot do anything wrong, but the only thing is, he's a Jew, and we are Babylonians, we can catch him by him worshipping the Jewish God, which is a true God. So these governors and satraps thronged before the king and said, and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdoms, the administrators and satraps, the counselors and advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for thirty days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. So, they are planning against Daniel over here because they were jealous. What happens once the king signed it? Now, Daniel, verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. So Daniel is so faithful to the Lord that every day, as usual, he goes and he opens his windows wide open and he worships God. So after he heard this law, that was the first thing he does. He goes home and he worships God. He, he, he never even gave a thought that what's going to happen to me now? How can I worship God? Can I hide behind the curtain? Can I close my windows? 
none of those. The only person he feared was the Lord, the living God. And he was righteous. He lived a righteous life before the Lord. And he went and worshipped the Lord. And then these people, they assembled. And they found that he's praying. And now he's go they're going and telling the king, King, this person broke the law. So throw him into the lion's den. And we see how even though the king loved Daniel, now he was brought and he was thrown into the lion's den. Verse 16. So the king gave the command that they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. So even the king knew that he served the living God continually. So a true faith is a faith that cannot be hidden. We can never say that I am a true worshiper of God and have people not know that we are a true worshiper of God because it will. If we have light inside, that light will glow. That light will show. So if we are serving the living God, we don't have to go around and tell everybody. People will know automatically. So that's what happened to Daniel. Even the heathen king, he said, Your God, whom you serve continually, will deliver you. And Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. And we're going to see how God delivered Daniel. Verse 19 and 20. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Look at the faith that the king had. The king had, the heathen king had so much faith. Because he threw him into the lion's den, and he's expecting an answer from Daniel. He's going and talking to the den. He's saying, Daniel, did your God save you? Are you still alive? And you hear Daniel talking back from the lion's den. He's saying, yes. O king, live forever. Verse 22. My God sent his angels and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done nothing wrong before you. Verse 23. Then the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatever was found on him because he believed in his God. So we see the same thing that the Lord did for Daniel's friends. They were thrown in the furnace. Nothing. No burn. No smell of flames. Nothing. It's the same thing. God is making sure that we all know that even though he went into the lion's den, not a single scratch. No injury was found on him. And now, same thing is happening now. The king is telling everybody. Verse 24. And the king gave the command and they brought those men who had accused Daniel. They cast them into the den of lions. Their wives, their children, the the whole families and God is showing the difference just like we saw how the flames burned the people who threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego the people who actually accused they were thrown to the den and the same lions they ate them up so now the king is saying that your God is a true God and he's making a decree verse 26 I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall endure to the end. For he delivers and rescues, and he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. Who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius, in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. So now we see God was glorified in this. So every affliction that we go through, if we stay faithful to the Lord, 
God not only delivers us from affliction, God is glorified through the circumstance and you get an exaltation. So that's what the Lord wants to speak to us. Take our focus off of our affliction. Keep our eyes on the Lord. If these men would have kept their eyes on the fire, if they would have kept their eyes on the lions then, and the lions, if they would have kept their eyes on Nebuchadnezzar, then they wouldn't have prospered. They would have been with the rest of the slaves. But where God promoted them, it's far because now their lives are pleasing to the Lord and God has given them favor among other people. So we see how God really blessed these people. And this is a promise. If you live a righteous life, God will deliver you from all your afflictions. That is a guarantee that God gives. If we live a righteous life before the Lord, like we saw, washed by the blood of Jesus, and then continue to walk in that righteousness by being faithful to the Lord and His word, then there's a guarantee from the Lord that He will deliver us from all our afflictions. We have to highlight in our, in our Bible or underline the word all. He will deliver us from all our afflictions. And that is the truth, that our God is able and He will deliver us. And the other important verse that we see over here is, His eyes are on the righteous and His ears are open to their cry. So God is watching over us. He's listening to us and he delivers us from all our afflictions. And Lord Jesus, we praise your mighty name for giving us your comfort, for showing us that you are the one who rescues your children from all of their afflictions. Though Lord, we must enter heaven through much tribulation. God in heaven, you said, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. We thank you God for your precious word. Thank you, God, that you are with us in the valley as well as on the mountaintop. Glorious God, all that you allow in your sovereign wisdom and power and love, we thank you for it. We know, Lord, you will bring forth our faith as gold. You'll bring our character as the stars of heaven one day. And so we thank you and submit ourselves into your mighty hands. We trust you for today, for every single need, O oh God, every deliverance we need from the oppression of the enemy, from the lies of this world, from bodily afflictions, from within and without. Lord, we trust you to keep us safe from all harm and evil. We thank you for your loving kindness, O oh God. We magnify your name, O oh Father. We praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. For prayer, please contact us at prayer at Elbethel International Ministries .org. That's prayer at Elbethel International Ministries .org. Or you may phone us at 001 845-360-0534 Once again, 001-845-360-0534 You may write us at El Bethel International Ministries, P.O. Box 966, Goshen, New York, 10924, USA On the web, please visit us at www.elbethelinternationalministries.org